Yeah. So what they're doing is that they're taking things that are upsetting to them and they're looking for ways to solve it. That's what solution-oriented means. Um, they're saying, okay, so we have a problem with um, the way we do chores around the house. I feel like it's imbalanced, that I'm doing too many of the things. Okay, how can we make it more balanced? You're looking for a way to figure out how to solve the problem. Um, I feel like we're not spending enough time with each other. Um, okay, let's look at our schedule and see where we can carve out some time with each other. We are looking just for a solution. How do happy couples argue? New research actually has the answer. Well, they have an answer. Dr. Karen Sherman is here to explain. Stay tuned. I'm going to keep this short. First, thank you for listening. If you're a regular listener, I would greatly appreciate it if you would leave a review on whatever platform you listen to us on. This will help others discover us. Also, if you like the podcast, I highly recommend visiting our website, hitchedmag.com, which is updated daily with new content and where you will find thousands of articles available anytime. Lastly, I understand that not everything we talk about applies to everyone. However, I am confident that if you go to hitchmag.com and subscribe to our free weekly newsletter, that you will find at least one and probably more pieces of information each week that will help your marriage thrive. I hope you enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again with the lovely, the original, the brilliant Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. Hello. Uh, So Karen is a practicing psychologist and relationship and lifestyle issues for 30 years. And today we are going to talk about how happy couples argue. Um, So uh, this topic comes from a new study that just came out. Uh, It is from the University of Tennessee, Tennessee, Knoxville, uh, which looked at how couples argue and what made the difference for successful couples. Um, So I'm just going to jump into it. So what they found was happy couples tend to take a solution-oriented approach to conflict. And this is clear even in the topics that they choose to discuss. So uh, before we get into the the study itself, can you share what that might look like or sound like for uh, listeners want to know what that is? Yeah. So what they're doing is that they're taking things that are upsetting to them And they're looking for ways to solve it. That's what solution-oriented means. Um, They're saying, okay, so we have a problem with um, the way we do chores around the house. I feel like it's imbalanced, that I'm doing too many of the things. Okay, how can we make it more balanced? You're looking for a way to figure out how to solve the problem. Um, I feel like we're not spending enough time with each other. Um, Okay, let's look at our schedule and see where we can carve out some time with each other. We are looking just for a solution. Mm -hmm. 
So it's uh, to to show the counter side to that. Um, if you're discussing chores, for example, rather than let's see how we can you know balance the responsibilities, you know, looking for that solution. The the counter to that would be the bad way to do that would be. You well, never, it's you, your fault. You, I'm, you know, I'm always the one carrying everything. First of all, it would be blaming or attacking. Right. Um, and then as we move on through the podcast, I'm going to discuss part of what I found wrong with their parameters for success and offer some other ways that I think would be beneficial for couples dealing with conflicts. Okay. Um, so, but... Uh, first and foremost, do you believe or agree that um, happy couples typically, at least, look for those solution-oriented approaches to conflict? I certainly think that it offers a vehicle for dealing with a lot of problems. I don't know that I would say that that is the um way of handling conflicts, nor do I believe that um, that is the primary factor that makes for mm. uh, satisfaction in a marriage. Okay. Um, so the results in this study were based on two pieces of research, so I should mention that. And um, I, I actually don't have the numbers in front of me, but they, they took two different separate pieces of research and then combine them to look at a larger sample size of data. And in both cases, they listed the following as the most and least serious issues according to those who are in these studies. So uh, intimacy, leisure, household, communication, uh, and money were the most serious. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that was um, included for uh, in, in health for older couples. And then couples in both uh, samples ranked jealousy, religion, and family as the least serious. Mm-hmm. So, um, with that list there, do, do any of those items surprise you? No, not really. I I would think that that pretty much uh, would be consistent with what I have found through the years. Mm-hmm. And it also makes sense too that health uh, for older couples would be a more serious topic as you sure. got older. So sure. <laughs> um, Okay, so then moving on, one observation that uh, was interesting was that, uh, quote, this is from the researchers, the couples rarely chose to argue about issues that are more difficult to resolve, unquote. Mm -hmm. So Uh the the researchers thought that this might be a contributing factor to the success, stating, again, quote, focusing on the perpetual, more difficult to solve problems may undermine a partner's confidence in the relationship, unquote. So... What do you think about that? Okay, so this is where I started to get annoyed at this study. <laughs> um, because it here's what it reminded me of, and I'm not going to name the hospitals, but when I lived on Long Island, um, there was one hospital that was really well known for being outstanding in cardiovascular disease. So if you live on Long Island, you probably know the hospital I'm speaking about. Um, and there is another hospital that is not regarded in such high re- 
regard for the same issues. However, they base that on statistics. And the first hospital does not take on as many difficult, challenging cases. Mm. So statistically, they look better, but it's also because they are sort of picking the better cases that will end up putting them in a more successful light. So when I saw this, I said, well, sure, they come out looking more successful. They're not really discussing the difficult issues by their by the statement itself. Mm-hmm. Um, they rarely chose to argue about issues that are more difficult to resolve. Well, you know, if you're not going to discuss the stuff that's challenging, of course you're going to be happier and you're going to say you're more satisfied in your relationship. Give me a couple that really can get into the nitty gritty and really work with that and then say that they feel that they're happy. Now we're really, you know, talking about Mm -hmm. a couple who I feel has a successful marriage. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting too because this is how you have the uh, the grain divorce trend that happens where the problems arise early on and then you know they just kind of get kicked down the road until you can't ignore it anymore because you don't have the distraction of children or careers or whatever it might be mm-hmm. and all of a sudden those really tough decisions uh, you know like where do you want to live what do you want to do when you retire where you mm-hmm. know th- those kind mm-hmm. of things. Um, you you can't you can no longer ignore them and then you have this spike in divorce so uh, right uh, that is, yeah that is inter- that was a great example by the way I think the, um, a lot of people uh, I was just having a conversation this is a sorry for the terrible transition here but I was just having a conversation with somebody the other day about they were making this statement about um, how you know numbers lie and mm-hmm. my. My response to that, though, was, well, numbers don't lie. It's the story that we attach to the numbers that lie. So statistically, it's true, but it's how we want to frame it. And so I think we have to recognize that like, when you paint these stories about these quote-unquote successful couples who don't argue a lot, like, well, sure, they don't argue but a lot, but they're also admitting that they don't argue a lot over the things that they probably should have a conversation about. Correct. Doesn't mean that, you know, it's, and, and on one hand, like, sure, they, they aren't arguing. They probably are happier, but that doesn't mean that when things get tough or when they are faced with that, that they are equipped to handle those situations. Correct. So Correct. I just think it's really, um, it's really interesting and nuanced. And, um, I, your example was a great one. Um, Okay, so with all that being said... Yeah, and, and, you know, I used to say that when couples walked into my office and said that they never argued, that was a red flag for me. Mm -hmm. Because I felt that there was something that they found difficult with each other in actually facing issues that were difficult that didn't allow them to feel like they could really... um, argue or present conflict with each other. Mm-hmm. And a long time ago, it's been a while since I've done this, but a long time ago, and I'm sure you'll remember this, Steve, I 
brought out a whole series on uh, that conflict actually brings you closer. Yeah. Um, because when you learn how to deal with conflict other than problem solving, you really get to know the other person and that will really create a much greater intimacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do remember that. Um, and the thing about it is like when you argue, you, you first and foremost, you're taking a stand which can be a scary proposition. And then mm-hmm. you also make yourself vulnerable to mm-hmm. counterattack. Um, hopefully mm-hmm. that's not how couples feel that they're being attacked, but that is the reality of the emotion. Um, and so, you know, when you're talking about couples on solid footing, um, when you learn how to argue, and we're going to get into this in a second, but when you learn how to do it properly, you, you will be able to do that because you won't feel like you're being attacked. That is the security that comes from a good relationship, yes. not one that yes. avoids uh, talking about the tough stuff. So mm-hmm. with that being said, how can couples handle the tough topics without dragging uh, down the confidence of the relationship itself or finding themselves in those troubled waters? Well, you know, when I was saying to you at the beginning that I didn't feel that conflict resolution was necessarily the right tool. I mean, I think it has a place. I don't want to deny that there's a place for it, but I don't think it's the real glue in the relationship. What I was referring to is I think that you get much further along in your connection when you start to understand each other's feelings, each other's needs. And so um, if you learn to argue, and I don't mean argue where you're shouting at each other and um, attacking each other, but I mean having a successful conflict where you validate, you listen to your partner's point of view and you really hear them. You're not listening to them for the point of um, just, you know, okay, fine. Now it's my turn. I get to talk. But okay, let me really understand what's going on for you. And in that process, you're, you really may be learning about your partner. You know, why is it so important to them that um, you go to their parents for this particular holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what's underneath that? What need is it filling for them? Um, and then you, you know, share why there's resistance on your part. And it's not just to be, you know, difficult. Um, it's not just to um, give your partner a hard time or to get back at them, but maybe there's some fear or there's some um, unresolved issues for you that, you know, haven't been ever healed or whatever. But when you really start to open up and be vulnerable, which of course is scary, mm-hmm. but once you do that, that really brings a much closer connection. And so, That kind of a discussion is going to, I believe, strengthen the relationship and bring the two of you into a much deeper um, intimacy with each other. I'm not talking physical intimacy. I'm talking emotional intimacy. Well, I I think what you described there is at the end of the day, when the dust settles, you will have a greater understanding of who your Mm -hmm. partner is. And that's, Mm -hmm. I think, the intimacy that you're talking about. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, one of the things that the researchers also found was that couples who were married longer reported fewer serious issues and argued just in generally less overall. Mm -hmm. And so I was wondering, 
Do you think this is just a matter of some problems solve themselves over time or it's discovered that they're just not that big of a deal? Uh, do you have any thoughts on why older couples would argue less like that? Well, I think it probably is a bunch of things. I do think that um, some things may resolve by themselves, but I also think that, you know, it's funny. I was run, running a, a women's discussion group today, and one of the comments that was made was that as you get older, there is a benefit because you do see the world differently. You have different perceptions. And I think that as you're married longer, there's also a realization of, you know, pick your battles. Things are different, you know, as as you age, you realize that some things are just not important. Um, you just have a different perception of life and every little nitty gritty thing is not worth, you know, having an argument mm-hmm. over. So I, I do believe that um, there's a different perspective that you bring uh, the longer that you're married and you put um, emphasis and focus on different kinds of things as you're married longer. It's just not worth getting upset um, over things that would bother you. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give you a very silly example, but um, my husband tends to leave lights on, and this is a man who clips coupons. <laughs> and so it's like, really, you know, if you're if you're clipping coupons, because he does a much better job food shopping than I do, why would you leave lights on? But you know what? Do I have to tell him? I mean, what's the big deal? So I shut the light. It's just not worth saying to him, you left the light on again, you left the light on again, because it's a criticism. Mm-hmm. And and is it really necessary? No. So you let it go. You yeah. just let it go. So anyway, I, I would, well, uh, if I may, because I'm like a tech snob over here, um, yeah. I can offer a solution based, uh, yes. reply. you guys yes. could, you could, you could invest if you're so inclined in some smart lights that would automatically turn off Okay. at the end of the evening. Okay. And yes, and that's a good solution. Okay. You know, but to the point I'm trying to make, I know, (laughs) you know, you, you do start to look at things in a different light. Uh Excuse the pun. (laughs) Um, and, and you just decide there are certain things that are just not worth, um, bringing up to the other person. Yeah. I know I did the very male thing right there of you telling me a story <laughs> and I immediately try to solve the problem. I get it. Um, yes, yes. Uh, but it's in keeping with what the uh, researchers believed was the truth to a, a successful marriage. So we're not going to yes. get annoyed at you. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, the, the cool thing about what I think you were just talking about though, is th- with life experience, you're, uh, the pre all previous experiences become recalibrated. So Mm -hmm. if you are five years old, the tallest person you may have met in your life is six foot five. That is the tallest person you've ever seen. And then you Mm -hmm. meet somebody who's six foot seven. And all of a sudden the, the, what you consider tall has been recalibrated to just a couple more inches. And Mm -hmm. the same thing applies with things that you concern yourself with in life in general and what Mm -hmm. may or may not annoy you in life. uh, And you realize that, 
you know what? Like I was spending so much time agonizing over these small little things that in the course of the day, those are so far down on the list of concerns Right, that I can recalibrate and just drop those. Like right. it might not be how I do them or would prefer them to be done, but uh, it, it you know it doesn't affect me personally. You know what I mean? So right, right. And when you make that recalibration, I think it uh, it it helps. So, um, okay, Karen, uh, this was fantastic. Uh, did you have anything else that you'd like to add to the conversation? Well, the only thing is that I do know that it's scary to go the route that I was suggesting uh, because it does make you more vulnerable. But I do believe that um, it also does offer um, a whole new dimension to a relationship. Um, And I would suggest that couples try it maybe with little things first so that it's not such, you know, sort of like, you know, jumping into the deep end of the pool. I really Mm -hmm. think that, um, again, I don't want to knock solution, uh, you know, solutions to problems because there's a place for it. But I think that the other really can bring the relationship to a whole new level. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, Excellent. I have nothing to add, so we will wrap it up. So thank you, Karen, uh, once again for your time and expertise. It's always a pleasure, so thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, And with that, we will wrap things up. But before we go, I do want to remind you that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who is a practicing psychologist and relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She is also the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can get this information at her website, drkarensherman.com. You can also find this information on our website, hitchedmag.com, as well as all the past archives. Uh, You can sign up for our newsletter. It's free. It goes out weekly, so you won't get inundated, and it gives you all the latest information of the week. And... uh, Yeah, I think that's about it. Until next time, take care, everybody. We're on top of the world tonight.